Glad you're here. My name is James, one of the pastors here. We are in a series studying spiritual gifts. We're just going to get right to it. So spiritual gifts are in the Bible, uh, and they are not natural gifts that we're born with or acquired gifts that you learn over time. Uh, they're not personality types either, like they're not your Enneagram, and you're more like this. And, uh, but they are divine abilities that God gives us uh, so that he can work through us to minister to other people. And so spiritual gifts are abilities that God gives, and we've been talking about them like for the last four weeks, where others experience more of Jesus in profound ways. If you have this gift, you'll experience more intimacy with the Lord when you're using this gift. You just get profound joy. You come alive. We've been talking about that. Uh, and for the last few weeks, we looked at um, how people who, who have studied or have taken the time to teach on spiritual gifts have organized spiritual gifts have clustered them. Uh, there's around 21 that we see in the Bible. And so people have used different categories. Now we've been using love gifts, word gifts, and power gifts. Okay. So love gifts, just to remind you, uh, you can see behind me are those that manifest the love of God in very practical, supportive ways. You can see the gifts underneath word gifts. We've looked at these. Uh, they're the gifts that demonstrate, um, like, or, or clarify the nature and character and action and purposes of God, uh, normally seen in delivering the word of God in powerful ways. And then power gifts are those that demonstrate uh, in the moment God's actively living among us in great power, manifesting oftentimes the miraculous works that Jesus did. And so uh, if you've been with us, we've been looking at all these gifts. Today's the last part of uh, an overview of the gifts. We're gonna look at the power gifts Particularly, we're going to look at prophecy, tongues, um, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, uh, and, and interpretation of tongues. So that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to hold off on healing. I'm going to do a whole sermon on healing because we need to have a good theology of suffering before I can teach on that. Just felt compelled to leave that one out. So that's where we're going today. But let me just say before we start, um, there's one word that umbrellas all these spiritual gifts that will be helpful for us as we continue to teach on this, and that's the word revelatory. So one of the things we said is we want to have a common script. So we're a local church. We want to do ministry with one another, and it's important when we speak about the gifts that we all uh, mean the same things when we use this language. So revelatory gifts are, are these gifts that um, where, where the Spirit of God will spontaneously reveal or make known to the human heart and mind something for a specific situation in order to build up. So all these gifts are revelatory in nature. They're God spontaneously bringing something to mind for that specific moment. They're spontaneous. Now, um, let me say a few things. We've said this in every sermon that with all the gifts, whatever's not a spiritual gift is a spiritual discipline, right? Do you remember that? So we've said everyone is called to show mercy. Everyone is called to be shepherding and care and tend to make sure everyone feels belonging and cared for. But some God has given gifts of mercy. They, they experience profound joy around suffering people. They want to minister in ways that are very practical to those to show mercy. And God uses that or shepherding. God just uses it. So we've said that a lot of the time, but we're all called to it. Let me say with these gifts, every Christian, all Christians can regularly hear the voice of God. So all Christians have revelatory experiences with God. And I want to teach on that before we get to the gifts. But the spiritual gifts, these ones in particular, are when people hear the voice of God for others. So we all as Christians can hear the voice of God. These gifts, if I'm hearing this for you, okay? Does that make sense to distinguish? Great. Now, before I continue, I got to tell you, I struggled all week. I just struggled all week with this sermon. Uh, and I want to share that struggle because I'm also excited. I'm, I'm excited. But here's my, here's, here's my struggle. Uh, it is not an exaggeration to say that over the last 30 to 40 years, no movement has done more damage to the gospel and its witness and spiritual growth in believers' lives worldwide than the charismatic movement. And it's, this is not the sermon for that, but when there's a shift or a paradigm where health and wealth become a part of it, or name it and claim it, and you move away from scripture into 
obsession, particularly with revelations and emotionalism, you, you, you move into a paradigm that's away from Jesus and the truth of the scripture that is where spirituality is to be formed. And that's dangerous and damaging. So this is my struggle. It's safer for me to say, they, these gifts exist or they were for the time of you know, the apostles and they're not really for today because of your discipleship. So let me say it this way. I care and, I, and, and you just gotta know I do. I care way too much about you and I ever moving into a paradigm where we think, and this is really important, that the primary way to hear from God or pursue growth in your spiritual life is in these gifts. Gifts are not made for you to grow spiritual life and understanding of the nature and character of God. Gifts are given so that others, people, other people feel the presence of Jesus, they feel loved, and you're ministering the word of God. Communion, really important. The communion with the Holy Spirit occurs primarily, and you can read this in John 16. Jesus said, the Spirit will reveal the things from me. Communion with the Holy Spirit is most powerfully experienced through the words the Holy Spirit inspired to write. This is the Holy Spirit's book. Where are you gonna hear from and commune with the Holy Spirit? In the book he wrote. That's so key. When a church leader or a community begins to elevate these revelatory gifts that I'm excited to teach on as the standard to being spiritual, or the primary way God has power to speak in the moment is the moment you will begin to remove yourself from true worship. True worship, Jesus says to the woman at the well after he uses some revelatory gifts and tells her things that he wouldn't have other known wise without the spirit revealing. He says, those who will truly worship will worship me in spirit and in truth. This is not the sermon, but let me, before we teach, I wanna reassure you, okay? Because this is real, like we're a real local church. I'm a pastor. I know it's like, well, of course it's real. But, but this needs to be said. I wanna reassure you, we will never be a church. We will never be a church where the expectation is that everyone now give a word of knowledge or everyone now prophesy. And we will never be a place where the expectation is everyone speaks in tongues. That's not only dangerous or damaging, it's not helpful or building up or the purpose of spiritual gifts. Now, to be clear, the gifts in and of themselves, when the Spirit's using them to love, are wonderful. Like, they're incredible. The damage comes when they're not from God, which is why in two places, when it speaks to revelatory gifts, we're to discern the Spirit behind it. The damage comes, A, when they're not from God, or, and this is key, the person or the organization or whatever it is, does not have the mature character and biblical fruit behind them. And I wanted to begin by saying, if you have been hurt by the charismatic movement, like maybe someone said, uh, you're not a Christian unless you speak in tongues, or you're, you don't have a spiritual life, you don't have the spirit in great ways the way you could, unless you spoke in tongues. I remember one experience where they were like, you're not leaving in this prayer group until you speak in tongues. I was like, I hope the rapture comes because I am not speaking this thing. Which I, there's no rapture, but, um, but li listen, this is really, if, if you've ever felt dejected or lesser and of no use, I'm really sorry. Like if someone's ever prophesied over you and it, it really just brought destruction into your life in many ways, emotionally, you made a decision on it and it wasn't from God. Like I've had to pastor people who, who a charismatic leader came to their church, showed them all these revelatory things about them, which by the way, Satan can do. Um, we'll get to. They followed this particular person 
because they were like, finally, this is the real, real Christianity. And that person ended up sexually abusing many of them. And it's never called out because they just find a different place and they keep continuing this ministry. And that's not okay. And it's dangerous for us to be painted with that brush. And if that's happened to you, I'm really sorry. And I felt this morning like I also needed to say, be careful. You don't grow bitterness towards these gifts as a result. And if you have, that before we start, I really want to ask you to seriously pray and tell him that. Like just tell, you don't have to like experience a complete forgiveness or pain and removal. That's not what I'm asking for. But will you do, would you just say to him, like, I hate how, because you should hate legalism as much as you should hate this spiritual abuse. Legalism is spiritual abuse. So is the charismatic movement in many of its bad ways. And just tell him that. Say, God, I don't even, I actually don't want to be here. I'm just here because I'm curious. But I don't, I don't like these gifts. I also want to say, if you have these revelatory gifts, and you do, because I believe all gifts are here, um, I also need to apologize to you because I know that you haven't felt fully at home here. Like, I, I know that you haven't, you have, you have, you love, you feel at home. I'm, I'm, I don't mean that. Like, you love people and people have loved you well, but in using your gifts, just how and where and is this okay? And that's not okay. Because 1 Thessalonians 5 says, do not quench the spirit. And then it goes right into revelatory gifts. And so I'm sorry. I'm excited for you to use these gifts biblically. And and I'm saying, will you use them? And short church, this is key as we do the spiritual gift series. The the series I did not want to do, but felt like we had to do. So um, this is key. When, When the disciples come back from using by the spirit, these gifts that were given to the authority of these disciples, they were casting out demons. They were preaching with profound power, which is a spiritual gift. And they were healing and they come back so excited, which is like one of the taglines, experiencing profound joy through experiencing the gifts. That's, that's good. That's okay. The Holy Spirit, like when you steward a gift, if you've ever been given something and you're like, this is not for me, I know it's for them. And you give it and you get profound joy. That's spiritual gifts. This is all of this is for someone else. But they come back rejoicing. And what does Jesus say to them? He says, rejoice not in just this stuff, but that your names are written in the book of life. The moment spiritual gifts or an experience around gifts become greater than the truth we believe, we've got it wrong. Jesus orients them to the truth of what the cross and Christ and God will do for them the fact that their names are written in the book of life. That's our greater rejoice. Okay. Now, I want you to join me in prayer. And I want you to take whatever came to mind right now that you have felt while I was speaking, bring that to Jesus. I'm gonna give you a minute, like we've done with these last three sermons. And I want you to pray that. I also want you to pray that you, the Holy Spirit, would give you an excitement about all the gifts, not just the gifts you have, because some of you may not have these gifts, but go, God, like, I just want to see you at work. Like, be excited about what we're going to learn today. Um, And then also, if you have these spiritual gifts, will you, or maybe you're not sure you have, maybe you've had some some experiences, and I'm going to clarify some things for you. But, but will you just say, Holy Spirit, I want to, I want to use these gifts if you, if I have them, will you, will you affirm them? Will you show me? Okay. So let's pray and then we'll, we'll go. Uh, Jesus, you love us because we're your bride and you died for us. Then, and your word, like through Paul speaking to husbands says that we're to love our wives the way you love our church and you nourish and you cherish her. You cherish us this morning. I pray we'd have no other image of you than a great, cherishing, nourishing God 
who speaks. You always are speaking. You've given us a revelation that is in ink that cannot be changed. And every time we go to it with the spirit, there's power to hear you. And it's so exciting. That's what we're gonna do this morning. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would minister to us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would manifest these gifts in and at the shore church. You'd bring healing where there's pain. And we don't get it. Like we, I don't get, I don't get why obedience to your word can have such a strong spirit of legalism. And I don't get why you allow gifts to go off so bad. I don't get that. But I've also known that these gifts, the word of God and obeying the law and using these gifts have, have brought great joy in the gospel and in you and worship of you and they're in your word. So, oh Lord, just teach us today, protect us in Jesus name. I pray there'd be no spirits that can lie today for us and just help me teach. Amen. Amen. All right, so all Christians can regularly hear the voice of God. Everyone can have God speak to them, okay? This, now here's really important. Really important question. Here's the question we need to ask if this is true. Okay, here it is. It'll be on the screen. How can a person believe that the Bible alone is the word of God when he affirms that the Holy Spirit may still speak or reveal things beyond the time that the scripture was closed? That's, we need to answer that question. In other words, can we affirm both the ongoing revelatory gifts of the Spirit and the sufficiency and final authority of this book? Our core value is we open our Bibles. We need to answer that question, okay? Does that question make sense? Good, here's the answer, yes. So let me show you this, okay. How? In short, and this is very short because there's huge books and theology courses on this one short answer. In short, what the prophets and apostles, after Jesus rose from death, particularly when we're talking about the New Testament, inspired by the Spirit, wrote down in our Bible, we affirm, as the Bible teaches, it is the final, and hear me on this, full revelation of God for all Christians in all ages, and it is sufficient for life and godliness. So this book, it is completely living and, and, and it tells us everything we need for salvation and how to live the Christian life. We don't need more. You don't need anything more than this book, whether in the first century, middle, e middle evil times or in February of 2019 in North Vancouver. We believe that. Which means, here's what this means. All theological truths of who God is and, and what he's done and how we can live for his glory are in the Bible. There's no new doctrines being disclosed by the spirit through any revelatory gifts. All the principles we need for truth is in the Bible, period. The Bible also affirms, well, let me say it this way. Peter, who actually preaches on the revelatory gifts, as we'll see in a second, says this, his divine power has granted to us all things pertaining to life, particularly that's your life with God and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. So here's what he's saying. The Bible is the final authority for life and godliness. We don't need any other revelation on how to live a godly life or who God is and what he's done. We're all, with, we're all there, right? Yes, because that's our core value and that's exciting. It's in this sufficient book that we affirm not all revelatory works of the spirit are the same. They don't have the same function as the revelation or purpose given to those first apostles to write Bible. So, so for example, we're gonna teach this given a second, but let me just give you an example. In 1 Corinthians 14, 30, we read this. If a revelation is made 
to another sitting there. Now, this is not talking about teaching or, or opening the Bible. There's a Greek word for teaching. It's the word teaching. All, no one is saying that these are the same. Some do, but very, very, very little. So if a revelation is made to another one sitting there, let the first be silent, because he just said there's been more prophecies coming out in a local setting. He's for, then he says, for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all be encouraged. So when it says, if a revelation is given and then to another and then to another, let the first one be silent, does that mean that because it was from God, that right away someone's like, hey, Paul, 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 Paul grab a pen. You should write this down in the Bible. Like you, this is Bible. Does it mean every time there's a revelation in the New Testament, it's uh, can't like it's it's Bible. You should write this down. And the answer is no. No one in the New Testament would be like, grab me a pen. Whatever that guy said has to go in a different book because they'd all be prophesying and you'd have to hold off. So is it still revelation? Yes. The kind of revelation, it, that kind of revelation is not the same kind of revelation that constitutes this book. So when it comes to the gifts, we believe all revelatory gifts of the spirit are situational for a moment. They're not authoritative for all people in all times the way the Bible is. Does that make sense? So this means we need to teach from the Bible how all Christians can regularly hear the voice of God speaking to them. Put another way, if the Bible <coughs> itself affirms that not all revelatory works of the spirit are the same, what does it teach as to how does God reveal and speak? That's where we're going. So before we get to the gifts, my point is that not all revelation is the same. So how does God speak? Well, first, primarily and most regularly and most powerfully and most authoritatively, he speaks to us in the Bible. You as a Christian can have every week times where you're gonna be in your regular devotional time and you will know, oh my goodness, like I was supposed to read this verse today. And the spirit will just take a verse and it'll come into you. And it was for that moment. You just knew like God just spoke to me. You've been praying about a situation and, and you were in something or you were praying for your spouse. And God was like, it's, you need to work on you. And somehow you just got that from the everyday reading of your Bible. The Holy Spirit regularly will speak and reveal most powerfully regularly because he's always speaking. The word of God is his very words. But in the Bible, we also affirm that God speaks through many different ways like providence, right? What's providence? Providence is like those incredible, inexplicable moments where, where like you're, let's say you're praying, God, should we do this? Is there a door opening? And all of a sudden a door closes and you're like, oh my goodness, if I didn't meet this person at this time, I would have done this. And you're like, God's really telling me revelatory that I need to do this through providence, through circumstances that come into our lives to teach us, right? Right. Well, I guess I don't need to answer myself. Another way God speaks, uh, Romans 1 says, is through creation. He says, God has revealed to us through the things he has made. So we can get to know his nature and character through the things he's made. I don't know if you've had experience where you like, you went for a hike and you just saw a sunset and you felt the immediate comfort of God, that he was gonna be there tomorrow. And he, and he overwhelmed you because he speaks, he reveals himself in the things he's made. God in the scripture shows us that he speaks through an audible voice, okay? I've never heard the voice of God in that way, but some have, it's rare, uh, but you see it a lot in church history. Um, some, of, some people, it's the internal voice of God, okay? I'll tell you one story, and I know this is subjective because it's my story, but you'll, you'll know exactly how he speaks to you in this way. I remember I was going through the hardest time uh, in my spirit at Westside. I was so obsessed with wanting to kind of just prove myself uh, as a preacher. And I was, I was preaching and I was just so wanting to get it right and so worried about what I was gonna say. And it was Sunday morning, I was gonna preach that morning. And uh, I was in the shower and I, I heard a voice in my spirit, as loud as you're hearing me, do you love me more than this? And I, I literally thought Nikki had said something weird in the shower. I, I opened it and I was like, and then I heard it again, do you love me more than this? And I knew, literally, I could see that my entire week every morning was not spent with Jesus. It was spent worrying about the sermon. I immediately broke down and realized that I was caring more about serving God than God himself. That will happen to you. All the, God has an internal voice where he speaks. 
other ways, angelic messengers, you would be shocked. I won't say his name, but there's a pastor at Westside who has had regular times where an angel has visited him and they have talked. You, some of you have stories. I've met one girl two weeks ago who said when they first moved to Canada, they were going through such a hard time. They went to a bookstore and this old lady gave them a psalm to make their life psalm. And then they, they were like, oh, thank you. You know, like I'm new. And they went to the counter and said, hey, who, who's the old lady? She's like, there's no old lady. Right? You have more than likely encountered or have seen an angel. The Bible says they minister. Hebrews says that they minister to us all the time. I hope Jesus is like in heaven's like, Hey, let me show you the 15 times you talked to an angel. And you're like, what? That was an angel? You know, I guarantee it. Okay, so God speaks through angels. God speaks through dreams. Josh Duell, he shared at staff how there was a time in his life that God would give him dreams where he would share with the person the next day and they would immediately break. It was revelatory. They had no idea he was going through that. They would repent, love Jesus more. And he had a season where, where God gave him dreams. Um, now, let me just stop there. Like, so take my example for example of like, you know, Jesus saying, do you love me more than this? You could easily say, well, maybe that was demonic. No, demons are not like, hey, you should love Jesus more than anything else. So, or you could say, well, maybe you didn't eat enough. No, um, like, and here, here's why it's important that I, I mentioned that all revelation is not new in a, view, in a universal authoritative way which means when I heard that, I didn't go add more to the Bible. But I didn't doubt that that was revelatory, that God was speaking to me in that moment, in that particular situation. So not all new revelation means it uh, needs to be Bible. Okay, another, uh, dreams, uh, spiritual, here's another one. Oh, by the way, dreams. I'm gonna link this week uh, on our uh, sermon page, a, a Gospel Coalition article where in the last few years, they've been sh see, like sharing all these dreams that God's been doing overseas, particularly with those coming across on the boats. God's been giving them incredible dreams, been saving someone literally from drowning and they saw the son of God. And it was just, there's some really cool miracles that are happening from the Gospel Coalition website. And he has a lot of Muslim countries come to Jesus through dreams. Uh, another way God speaks is spiritual impressions. Now this will be, Either a, like a word will come to mind or an image into your mind. In prayer, it's not, it's not regular uh, and it's for you. It's not for someone else. That's the difference between pictures and visions for you or the spiritual gift of words of knowledge or words of wisdom or prophecy. Uh, so for example, I'll give you an example. In our community group, we, we were talking about the gifts and we had one guy share, he's got the gift of teaching. And so we just said, let's stop and ask the Holy Spirit where and how you can use this gift of teaching here at the Shore Church. So we just started praying and we're like, I have no idea, Lord, where you want to use this gift. And he saw in his mind's eye right away where and how to use it. Does he have the spiritual gift of prophecy? Probably not. Did God reveal to him an answer to that prayer in that moment? Yeah. Now, is that subjective? It is but it's in the objective word of God that we see that that happens. So I'm gonna show you a lot of these places in the Bible, but impressions happen all the time. So for example, in Acts 14, nine, Paul is preaching, he's in the middle of preaching. And literally while he's preaching, he gets an impression that someone has faith to be healed, which means the Holy Spirit's saying to him, I wanna heal this guy. And so here, I'll show you the verse. I actually, I may not, may not be up here, but he says, he listened to Paul speaking and Paul looked intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well. Okay, so all Christians can hear the voice of God regularly. That's why we said spiritual dispense, spiritual fruit, they all go together. We need, to, we need that. Okay, so last thing I'm gonna say, we get, we, I'm like running out of all my time. Um, saying that stuff is a waste of time, by the way. Uh, we're gonna spend two weeks, particularly Josh Duell, love him. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, he's teaching on that whole chapter. So you can pray for him. And that's on prophecy and tongues. So we're gonna get more into the details around prophecy and tongues, where they go wrong, corrections for it. What I'm gonna do today is like I've done in the last few weeks, give you an overview of the gifts, okay? Okay, so spiritual gift of prophecy, here we go. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, I love this spiritual gift and I pray that those who have it would feel the warmth and the joy in using it. And I pray you'd affirm others who do have it and just... Thank you for your gifts. And I pray as we study it, um, we would love it. In Jesus' name, amen. So where in the Bible, where in church history do we see this? How can we learn and know more about it? 
A few places. So 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, and God is appointed in the church, first apostles, second prophets, Romans 12, where the gifts are mentioned, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us, what's our word? Use them, use them. So use this, if prophecy in proportion to our faith. Here's some other places we see this gift in context. In Acts 11, 28, uh, you have those who have this gift of prophecy. Uh, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. So you can see there's a few times in Acts where it's future predicting. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 20, Paul says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Okay, I'm gonna talk about how to test in a second here. Then in 1 Corinthians 14, says this, if a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent, for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be encouraged. That word means con like consoled or have hope. So prophecy is gonna bring encouragement and hope. And then it says in verse 24, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all as he is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God's really among you. So think about that. An unbeliever comes in, someone with the spiritual gift of prophecy turns around and says, this has been happening in your life and, and God loves you and this is why you're here today. Boom, like how did you know that? It, it, like he's like, God is here. So that's what the power of this gift can do. So, so there's a few things. Number one, we're seeing that's revelation where God reveals either future things things of someone's secret hearts, things are going on they need to repent of and grow in, or encouragement. He might give you a picture of encouragement for someone else. So with all that, here's a definition. Prophecy is the speaking forth in merely human words of something God has spontaneously brought to mind for others. It can be predictive, again, revealing, encouraging, all that. Here's the key though. Prophecy is based on revelation. It's not based on a hunch. Really key here. It's not based on like, you know, oh, I, I kind of think, or a supposition, you'll know. Uh, it's not based on illumination of something you've studied. It's situational, it's revelation for someone to build them up in a particular way in that season or group. For most people who have the gift of prophecy, it's as normal as helps. Like it'll just happen, it'll come, and you won't be like, whoa, you'll just, you'll have it. Um, really important. Okay, I'm gonna pastor you a little bit because I love you and counsel you if you have this gift. Here's three elements um, for prophecy that we all need to just really kind of grasp. Okay, here's the, here they are, I'll put them on the screen. First is the revelation itself. So what God has showed or, or, or you've seen the content of what was impressed on your heart or you saw in a dream. The second element of prophecy is the interpretation of that revelation. So what is the meaning of what I'm seeing? Third is the application of the interpretation. How does this truth impact this person's life? Really a key here, people with this gift, if you have this gift, you'll be like, yep, you will feel this burden to share all of it. You will, you will apply it, you'll know its meaning, you'll think you know its meaning. And so you have this burden to be faithful, to share everything. And let me say this, that's not the role of the gift. The role of this gift, and this is key, so if you have this and someone's ministering to you, you can even stop them. The key to this gift is first, if you've been given a revelation that you pray, Holy Spirit, do you want me to share this or is this just for you to pray about? But if it is, and most times it is, because it's, it's, a, it's a communal gift, it's not for you. Um, only do the first. And here's the key. You need to leave the interpretation and the application to the Holy Spirit. Not necessarily the person. You need to trust the Holy Spirit. They will know how to apply this. I've had people give me prophecies and then they will tell me what the meaning is. And before they tell me what the meaning is, I already knew it. And oftentimes it wasn't that. That's why Paul says, test everything, hold fast to what is good. If there's a prophecy made for the whole community, the elders will discern it and that kind of thing. And we're, we're excited and committed to do that. Um, but here's why. The revelation coming from God is true. It's error-free. So what you saw, like the Bible alone, is in, is it has divine authority. But as Sam Storms put it, 
The gift of prophecy does not guarantee the infallible transmission of that revelation. The prophet may perceive imperfectly, he or she may understand imperfectly, and as a consequence, he or she may communicate imperfectly. Okay, so really exciting though, is this you? I mean, do you have pictures, visions, images, scriptures, insights into people's struggles, uh, their heart? You even know what's gonna happen in the future and it does happen, the spirit reveals it to you um, and, and, it, and it happens. If that's you, that's exciting. You should love this gift and use it. Where, where, where when you're praying for someone in a community group or, or even here on a Sunday morning, God might give you a picture and the moment you shared it with someone or you shared it with a group of people, they felt that was exactly what I was praying for. They felt amazed. They were like, oh my goodness, like God's really here. It's exciting. Um, and, and the key is you want the person to feel built up and at ease. So here's my counsel. When you go to share, never say things like, thus saith the Lord, brother, I got a word from God. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't even raise your voice. Just say, hey, I was praying for you and the spirit just showed me something. I could be totally wrong or out to lunch, but I think I've been given this gift and I just want to share with you and just share it. And if you want, and if you know maybe God's given you a meaning and you think you want to test it, just say, does that resonate with you? And if it does, let them share. And listen, if it doesn't, they need to feel the freedom to wait or consult others regarding the truth that was spoken and it may be for another time. So don't push it. Okay, all right, tongues. You guys ready? Jesus, I just thank you that you, uh, when you ascended into heaven, gave gifts to men, including the gift of tongues, that tongues originates from you. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd help us as we learn more about this spiritual gift. And those who speak in tongues, I just pray that you would bless them with it. They would feel love and praying for for many things. They didn't even know what they're praying for at times. I just pray for them and uh, pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to skip a little bit of this just because of time, and I know Josh is going to cover it, but I believe there's a gift in Acts 2 uh, where, where it's intelligible tongues, where they're speaking in other languages. I think that's a, a gift. I think when we get to 1 Corinthians 12 and we're talking about the spiritual gift of tongues, it's a prayer language because let me show you the verse. So we'll skip the Acts one, but uh, Here's what we read in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 10. Well, let me show you the, the title. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. Notice that, various kinds. So that could be a missionary language gift or what I think is in context here, an angelic prayer gift um, that's unintelligible because here's what we read in chapter 14 of verse two. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. What is that? That's prayer. Speaking to God is praying. Um, so this gift, like intercession, is not to be publicly berated or proclaimed. It's internal and prayer. It's, it builds up through prayer, unless there's an interpretation. So I believe this is a prayer language that when you have an interpretation, we're more than likely going to hear someone's prayer. Here's what they're praying, or here's what they're praising God for. Um, okay, Paul says, if you have this gift, by the way, be thankful for it. He loved it. He's like, I, I love praying in tongues. So if you pray in tongues, praise God. Do you feel closest to Jesus when while praying, you find words coming out of your mind and mouth that you don't understand that usher you into God's presence? If you do, you probably have this gift. If you're in the middle of, of praying or even singing and tongues comes out, and you find him filling you with profound joy and intimacy, that's amazing. That's a spiritual gift. And you ask, well, how is that for others? Because they're praying. It's the same with intercession. And at times, if someone who has a spiritual gift of tongues really senses really strongly, I think I have a tongue for the body. I don't know, but the spirit keeps telling me this is not just for you. Then what we'll do, same with prophecies, come tell, talk to Dale and I, and we will let you speak in tongues. And if there's an interpretation, then we will hear that interpretation, which is really cool. Like, I'm really looking forward to it if that ever happens. But more than likely, this spiritual gift will happen in smaller groups, small settings, maybe even a worship night, if, if the Spirit wants to reveal 
those in that way. But as we'll get to 1 Corinthians 14, it is more about intelligible speaking that builds up everyone. So this, this is rarely seen in the local church, but it's not that it doesn't exist. And as we said, all 21 gifts are in the church. So which takes us to the next spiritual gift, okay? So this is, you guys are like, this is great. We just did exhortation, now let's use tongues. Jesus, I know that maybe, there are someone, maybe there's someone here, I know that maybe they don't even know it yet, but if they have the gift of interpretation, would you just edify them? Would you, would you help them feel, God, this is how you minister? And I just, I pray that you would affirm and really uh, build up those who have the gift of interpretation for tongues, for your purposes, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, let me pastorally speak to both, but let me show you where this is. Again, we saw this in, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. So, so in 1 Corinthians 14, 27, we read this. I think it'll be up here. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or th- at most three, and, in, and each in turn, let someone interpret. But if there's no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Notice tongues is not to be publicly for all people to hear that you're praying in tongues. But it's be silent in the church unless you know, for example, Mark has interpretation and Mark can interpret. So if whatever, so Mark's community group is going to get a lot of fun this week, okay? Because he has a gift. All right. Um, because here's why. It, it's often done, and I've seen it done in the charismatic movement in really destructive and wrong settings. Because it's not a public gift. It's a prayer gift. And so again, most of the time, we're going to hear God, God's prayer for what's going on in the life of a church. But is this you? I mean, have you been in a place or a setting in a situation where someone really spoke in tongues and you were like, I know what they're saying. If it is, you are critical to this ministry. And if that is you, will you come talk to me? I would love to just talk to you more about it, how you've done it well, where you've seen it done well. Because as you guys can all tell by your faces, we haven't done that. Um, So yeah, we need you. Next, okay, words of wisdom. Okay, Jesus, I just want to ask right now that as we... Look at this spiritual gift that you've given to this body. And I believe, I, I just know a few names I believe who have this gift. Will you, will you just show us, will you uh, reveal that to us in Jesus' name? All right, so 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 8. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. Okay, here's how uh, Nicole Funk uh, in her precept study, points out what this is. In Greek, this word wisdom refers to the intimate understanding of God's word and his commands, which results in a holy and upright living. This is one of the most powerful gifts. This is where the Holy Spirit will very situationally, when you're pouring into, it's more of a one-on-one gift, and you're counseling someone while you're praying right away will will pull, whether it's an Old Testament story or scriptures, you'll just know exactly what biblical application you need to make immediately to this person's situation. And it will just flow out of you as if you just started quoting the Bible and everyone around you is thinking like, Jesus just said that. Like when, when, when you pray, if you have this gift, you, you will not only just have the right scriptures or advice flow, you will have an overwhelming assurance in sharing what you either saw in your mind's eye or the verses that, that this is the right directional advice. So wisdom speaks to direction, right? Wisdom speaks to, um, you know, what people need to grow in Christ in their next spiritual journey. So if anyone, now again, everyone has wisdom. Everyone can be promised wisdom. James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask and God will give. But those with the spiritual gift of wisdom will in a regular basis get profound understanding from the Bible on what God wants to speak to a certain situation, specifically what next move you should do. This will be as easy as they'll know what book you should read next. Usually people with spiritual gifts will also have these natural gifts and talents that they love studying and they'll know lots and lots of Bible. And if you're new to the Bible, those with this gift, everything is just, you're, you'll read that morning. It'll be like, you'll just, it'll be 
applying. God will use this gift in other people's lives. You don't have to be this huge Bible person, but more than likely, you'll see this come out, okay? I don't know if you guys know, Serge, one of the elders at Westside, has this spiritual gift of wisdom. He will, be, he will, in a counseling session, be able to pull out entire Old Testament application where when he speaks to me, it's as if God has just given me that verse to memorize and hang on to. And it completely changes my whole way of seeing my problem that I could not see. And it was Bible. It was incredible. Um, this gift will often come off often come out in prayer. People with this gift, if you have people with this gift in your community group, get them to pray all the time. Be like, hey, why don't you pray? Yes. You know, because um, they will just start praying and they'll be like, Jesus, in the verse, 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 or they'll go right to what, because they'll hear the point. They'll see what that person doesn't see instantly, so fast. And you're like, how did you do that? And it wasn't them, it was the spirit. Okay, words of knowledge, words of knowledge. Let me pray for this one. This is the last one. Jesus, right now, I just thank you that we get to learn about the gifts and I pray for them, Lord. I, I thank you that they're not for us, they're for others. And we get to see more of you, Jesus, the wisdom you had, the way you operate in this gift is, is so cool. And I just pray that those who have this gift would not feel strange or weird. Even though this is a really hard gift to have, I just, I pray that you'd give them faithfulness and a joy to use it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, really interesting. If, the, if, if words of wisdom pertains to biblical instruction and application for direction, words of knowledge pertains to information, knowledge. You didn't know this before. So I'm gonna give you a quick definition and then show you Bible, okay? So here, here's, a, here's a window into this revelatory gift. Words of knowledge is a spiritual gift where God will spontaneously, again, most often in time of prayer, give you information about someone you have no direct access to any other way. Okay, so someone with this gift will be sitting with you and while sharing, you're sharing and opening up, a name will come to mind or, or they'll immediately know information about your life that you haven't told anyone. The spirit will give them knowledge that they, you had no idea. It, it could be an event sexual abuse, something that happened in your life, God would just show them what happened to you because he wants to heal there. He wants to build up there or it'll be a hidden sin. This is why this gift is really hard because you have to do something with it. A difficulty, a secret of the heart, an unbelief. Those with this gift, the Spirit will say they, don't, they, they have trust issues and you'll be like, oh, I gotta tell them that. Like, I could be wrong here, but... Um, this is a tough gift to have. Jesus operated in this gift in really cool, unique ways. I'm gonna show you this. Now, let me say a few things here. Okay, I'm going to anyways. Um, so Jesus operated in the spirit in a different way than we do. It is true that he, Philippians 2 says, he um, didn't access his divinity uh, in a sense that he laid it aside, but he was fully God and fully man which means when he's walking on water, he's, that's not a spiritual gift. When, when he's telling storms to be quiet, he's exercising his divinity. We don't have the same power the way he does. However, he lived his life fully and humanly by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I think he operated in all the spiritual gifts. So for example, when he sees Nathaniel under a tree before he meets Nathaniel, that's words of knowledge. The Holy Spirit showed him a picture of Nathaniel under a tree. When he's meeting with the woman at the well, what does he say to her? The spirit reveals information that he would have known otherwise. You have five husbands, not just one. He just reveals to her so she can repent and go, oh my goodness, how do you know you're a prophet? Um, in Acts, Paul has given revelatory insight into the heart of a, of a, a guy named Elimus. He's a magician. He just knew what was going on. I wanna show you one example from the life of Charles Spurgeon. Uh, those of you who know Charles Spurgeon, he's like the prince of preachers. Anyways, let me show you this because we are running out of time. While preaching in the hall, on one occasion, I deliberately pointed to a man in the midst of the crowd and said, there is a man sitting there who has a shoe is a shoemaker. He keeps his shop open on Sundays and it was open last Sabbath morning. He took nine pence and there was four pence profit out of it. His soul is sold to Satan for four pence. A city missionary, when going his rounds, met with this man and seeing that he was reading one of my sermons, he asked the question, do you know Mr. Spurgeon? Yes, replied the man. I have every reason to know him. 
I have been to hear him and under his preaching by God's grace, I have become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Shall I tell you how it happened? I went to the music hall and took my seat in the middle of the place. Mr. Spurgeon looked at me as if he knew me. And in his sermon, he pointed to me and told the congregation that I was a shoemaker and that I kept my shop open on Sundays. And I did. Sir, I should not have minded that, but he also said that I took nine pence the Sunday before and that there was four pence profit out of it. I did take nine pence that day and four pence was just a, the profit, but how, but how he should know that, I could not tell. Then it struck me that it was God who had spoken to my soul through him. So I shut up my shop the next Sunday. At first, I was afraid to, again, to hear him, lest he should tell the people more about me. But afterwards, I went and the Lord met with me and saved my soul. That's the, that's the spiritual gift of words and knowledge. So is this you? Have you ever been to a service or in a community group or one-on-one -on -one and you're praying and the Spirit disclosed something to you that otherwise is unattainable? Praise God, you're critical to this church. And we need you. And maybe some of these gifts have been like, you've been suppressing them. And I just want to ask that you would release them today. And pastorally, again, I just, I need to say something that's a little weird, but it's really important, okay? On this one in particular, if you have had this kind of experience before you became a Christian, you might need to ask Jesus to take it away because there are demonic spirits who, for example, with psychics, can give revelation about someone's past or history for demonic purposes. And so if, if you're gifted with this and it came before you became a Christian, you need to ask Jesus to take that away and then come talk to me after because I need to discern that with you. But I needed to say that. Okay. Last thing. We're gonna continue our study exegetically through these chapters, but please have grace for one another. I'm, I'm asking the Holy Spirit that we would exercise these gifts in greater ways to encourage and build up. And I've not always done a great job of teaching, but that doesn't mean I should stop teaching. And you're gonna have times where someone has maybe given a word of prophecy and maybe like it. Doesn't mean they should never prophesy. So we need to have a lot of grace for each other. So that's what we're going to do.